0: And now, and now, introducing the one, the only. Let me introduce to you lively talk with successful people barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show.
1: What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Jenna Ben Show. I'm your host, Jenna Benemy, and with us today, we have Max Payne Griffin, UFC welterweight with a record of 15 8. He's here with us today, not only to share his story, but we're also going to recap last night's fights. Guys, we pre-record and it's currently Sunday, the day after the inaugural fights at UFC Fight Island. Welcome, Max. How you doing?
2: What up? What up? What up? I'm good. Real good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. For some reason, I'm so tired today, even though I didn't drink. Like, is this what getting older is, is like? This is what I have to look forward to? <laughs>
2: Hey, I felt the same way. I think it was just, you know, the fights for, you know, really late last night. They were long and uh, I woke up zapped as well.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to energize, though, because um, last night was insane and I can't wait to get your breakdown. But first, I want to hear from you, Max Griffin. How has quarantine life been?
2: Man, quarantine life has been definitely a challenge. Um, Definitely a little bit different for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we're all in this together on how we really don't know what the next step is and things change so, um, so rapidly, you know, one day we're in the house, one day we're not, one day we could go eat at a restaurant, next day we can't. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really um, making us, you know, forcing us to be more flexible in our lives and, you know, it's crazy times.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, I've talked to my last several guests about this, you know, everyone's kind of learned something about themselves, you know, cuz you're almost forced to sit there and reflect, right? Cuz there's not much to do. Yeah. And you can't be productive every single day. It's just impossible. I'm trying, but, you know, yeah. there's downtime. So, what have you learned about yourself?
2: You know, I've been reading a lot, but what I what I've what I've what I've spent more time doing is obviously Being home, you know, Mm -hmm. it really allowed me to be more light with my schedule. Before this happened, I was going to, you know, training five, six, seven, eight hours a day, traveling different places, hour to go here, go here, go here. I mean, running, you know, there wasn't enough hours in a day, but I think this really allowed me the situation to kind of scale back my training, get to actually have time to drive to a location and Mm. stretch out, you know, and warm up and, um, you know, we got to spend more time for ourselves, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a nice little reset. I know we're all kind of going through it right now and the economy and, you know, health risk is just a weird ass time that we've never been through before. But, you know, I, I like the um the silver lining perspective, and you seem to be making the most of it. So, um, okay, so I, I can't wait. I want to jump into these fights. Now, I looked at your predictions. You always post, and I always, by the way, like we're social media buds too, so. <laughs> and like I've <laughs> stolen some of your memes. So
0: <laughs> so I looked
1: at your picks. And... Um, you actually, you know, looking at the main card, you called out every single one of them except for one. So I want to go through and break them down. All right. So
0: sure.
1: let's start with Rebus, uh, v. Van Zandt. So it was a quick fight. Rebus locked Van Zandt in an arm bar early on and, um, Van Zandt tapped and like, I'm, I'm going to weigh in too, but I want to know, what did you think of the overall performance?
2: You know, Rebus is, um, I think she's on a hot streak. I think she's like a four or five fight wind streak in UFC. Mm-hmm. She came in hot. I think she just beat Mackenzie Dern on her last go out. I know I I think I fought with her a couple of times, but she's an animal. She's, she's a, a blitzer and, you know, Paige has been dancing around with free agency and, you know, getting paid. I know she's coming off some injuries, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I think she broke her arm three times in 18 months. <sighs>
2: Yeah, and I think that kind of time off, especially with you know, she kept playing for pre- free agency, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she wants more money, she wants to do movies, and um, I don't know if you know Dana gave her this fight to say goodbye or what, but you know, um, you know, he told her to look for free agency. So,
1: oh wow, okay, just looking at her overall performance. You know, Rebus went in there like hot and heavy, and she's like, "I'm taking this." You know, you just you felt it. She
2: charged. Yeah, but it's then, like she didn't have a chance.
1: But also, Van Zant didn't seem to have that same heart. You know, we fighters always talk about heart, and you see it, and you see when they're hungry and they're passionate. And she just seemed really chill. You know, and I'm like, okay, is she just <laughs> cool, calm, and collected? Like, is she just you know, <laughs> she's not wearing her emotions on her sleeve? But no, but she just. um I don't know, and then and then she tapped, and I was like, okay, you know, it's a big deal in the fight world for a fighter to tap, so, yeah. you know, no disrespect, but it's just an observation.
2: No, so. totally, totally, you're right, it looks like they're on different pages, mm-hmm. you know, Manzan's, you know, trying to get paid and get a new job somewhere, and Rebus wants a title, you you could see a different um, head game, a different mentality, because, I mean, once Rebus has jumped on her, she didn't let her go, you
0: yeah know,
2: She just totally just beat down
1: she's like this arm is mine
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good performance man
1: yeah yeah, yeah she's she did great. great i liked her interview too you know it's um you know interviewing fighters is always interesting for me because everyone has a different personality and different energy levels but this girl she's got great energy and she's also positive she's not out there shit talking like you know, focusing on the negative, she said, she went out there saying, you know, she's going to do great. I'm going to do great. It's going to be a great fight. And, you know, she talked about having heart at the end of the day, you know, because she comes from a small town with less resources and people, I guess, have been saying that she didn't stand a chance because she didn't have the resources that Van Zandt had. But she went in there and she's like, all it takes is heart. And I respect that so much. And it's proof. It's proof that we can do anything we set our minds to.
2: Oh yeah, no, it was a beautiful performance, and as a person, she's so great. Mm. Um, like I said, I fought with her a couple times, and she, her energy, she's always smiling. You know, she's probably cheesing right now. You know, energy, <laughs> yeah. that's how she acts all the time.
1: Yeah, she's, I love it.
2: You know, she's awesome. She's only mean in the cage. <laughs> yeah. so,
1: I love it. Yeah. Okay, Andraj and uh and Nama Yunus. Okay, so holy. Moly yeah yeah holy moly as uh, she previously dropped rose thug Nama Yunus on her head <laughs> okay and uh but rose was just rose is like no and if you look at rose you know i don't see the thug in her i just see like a sweet girl next door if you just look at her standing right she has a small frame yeah. it looked like they were in um in two different weight classes by the way i was like scared yeah. for rose at first yeah but, man Yeah, what
2: did you uh, think? It was a crazy fight. I mean, I was really looking forward to seeing Rose. You know, she took some time off, I think, for some mental health stuff. Mm. Um, But, uh, you know, she did great. She really used her range, really stood there, you know, in the pocket and, you know, kind of walked her down and um, back and forth fight at the end. You know, I don't think it should have been a split, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think at the end. Rose, Rose's nose started getting pummeled, man. And it was hard for me to watch her oh. trying to get punched at the end, you know? I'm uh, so
1: glad you said that. It was, oh the last two minutes were brutal for me. Yeah.
2: It reminded me of almost uh, like the Rory McDonald thing. Maybe mm-hmm. not to that extent when he got his nose busted by Robbie Lawler and mm-hmm. it was just mushed.
1: I know, I, I wanted it to stop. I'm like, ple- like, I was pleading with God, I mean, like I stay impartial, right? That's my job. Yeah. And I'm really just here to to report. But when I see a good performance, I'm like, okay, let's go. Uh, so you called that one too. And uh, yeah. this next one, though, uh, this next one you missed. So Jan Vialdo. Now, oh my god. Jan was hungry, and and he had so much fight in him. Like he was on a mission. And sometimes you see that in fighters, right?
2: Yeah. Um, shout out to Jan, you know, I think, um, I think Aldo has some good moments in the, you know, first half, you know, first half of that fight, like the old Aldo, you know, um, Mm -hmm. whenever he'd walk Jan down, um, he was successful and every time he'd back up and let Jan throw him, um, he was unsuccessful, but I mean, the leg kick started adding up or, you know, it was a great fight, but I mean, it really started pouring down. Um, it started returning. Uh, it took a bad turn for Aldo, man. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Real bad. And that know, was hard for me to watch too.
2: That was probably one of the bad, worst stoppages I've seen in in a long time. Um, I feel like he looked for a way out. Aldo was looking for a way out numerous times. Numerous times he covered up fetal position I was watching the fights at my buddy's house with referees that, that, that ref in California, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they, was, they would have stopped it. They were telling me, uh, yeah. I mean, when a fighter covers up fetal position, they they're done. That's, you know, a few more strikes after that done, but even after that first exchange of that, you probably hit him with 60 unanswered, 70 unanswered. I want to see, I want to, I didn't get to see the stats. Mm-hmm. but he had to hit him for like 50, 60, 70 unanswered shots. Like,
1: I, yeah, that was really excessive. You know, I'm close with Andy Foster at the California state athletic commission and oh he's invited God. me to sit in on several of the MMA officials' trainings that they do. They mm-hmm. do these trainings with like 90 of yeah, the officials. And yeah, I'm just like, um, like a fly on the wall. And I, it's really cool. I get to learn and kind of understand the scoring system better and get to know where everyone's heads at for the fight. So I hope that I am invited to the recap of this because <laughs> I can't wait to hear what everyone has to say. And I'm going to text Andy about it. You know, I know he was working on something else last night, so I don't know if he watched, but
0: oof.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you know like I felt it, you know. We got the new, you know, the new fights without the crowd. I feel like I could feel the fighters, man. I could I could feel their energy like you know, I hear the sounds of the strikes and yeah. how they're breathing. It can, it, like, it, it's, I like it. I mean, some people might not without the crowd, but I think we could fight more. It's it's more, you know, we could hear ourselves thinking, you know, we could hear our coach. There's a lot. It's different. It's more martial arts, you know. It's more of a martial art for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Rather
2: than like a sport without the fans, you know
1: you brought up the coaches. Um, I really liked that, uh, that Rose's coach was like super positive and, and just constantly reinforcing her, you know, it's such a different, I mean, and you can attest to this. I'm going to ask you this one a little bit, but you know, coaching styles, like there's, there are the coaches that are like, do this, do that. And kind of barking orders. And then there's the one, there are the ones that are like, yes, go.
2: Yeah. So I'm like keeping them in the corners of that, that Rose fight. Um, Andrade's coaches told her that she was, it could be tied. You know what I mean? Or she's winning, but they might've gave her the round. I think that was the wrong advice. You know, when, when you're not winning, you shouldn't tell your buyer that you're winning. You should be on hey, you need to knock this effort out, you know, like, Hey, you need to get a submission. Don't tell him, Oh yeah, you're, you're doing great. You're fine. And you're not, you know, so you got to be honest.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Okay, the most controversial fight of the night, Volkanovski versus Holloway. Uh, Did Volkanovski deserve that belt?
2: Man, you know, (laughs) I've been on the other other side of wrong decisions and this and that, but um, I had Max winning, you know? I had Max winning. Um, I didn't have him winning. I didn't, like, before the fight, I thought that. You know, I thought Volkanovski would be able to kind of do the repeat of what he did last time. Um, just stylistically, just the first time it seemed that, you know, the Max, Max couldn't harm Volkanovski that much with that volume. And, you know, Volkanovski just pushed forward. And that's kind of how the first fight went. It wasn't enough power shots to stop him. But shit, this second time. Uh, he was getting pieced up. I feel Max Holloway was taking off on Volkanovski, hurting him, um, kind of having his way with him. I mean, I think Volkanovski landed a couple takedowns at the end, but um, you know, even Dana was unhappy with the judging on that.
1: Well, after all that backlash, I mean, I I took to Instagram and Twitter, and I was like, oh, <laughs> well then, you know, like I mean, people across the board. We're just not having it. All kinds of celebrities were weighing in. Um, I, you know, I feel for Volkanovsky, though, because, I listen, he put up a good fight, and he attempted several takedowns, which to even go there, you know, is challenging because you're opening yourself up. So I feel like he deserves credit for, for his, not like efforts, not like a participation trophy. I mean, like, I think he did a good job. I really do. Yeah. I think it was very close you know um but yeah i'm i feel for the guy so what do you think he's going through right now like he he won the title which is huge and the most the the biggest moment in his career but you kind of have the universe going against you
2: i think he's fine (laughs) i think he's fine (laughs) i think he's fine because he he some article came out that he's happy um Okay, let me see. Something about the, he's happy finishing the chapter, so maybe he will do a rematch then.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I don't know. I just think yeah. if I was in his position, I would feel shitty. You know, like if I if I'm gonna win the title, I want it to be a clean win, and I want to be able to celebrate it with everyone. You know, and we'll talk about this in a little bit because I always get my guests' opinions on you know what it's like to win versus lose and and it may seem straightforward but everyone has a different reaction to the process and you guys really you go out there you you work so hard to just have that moment in the cage and you have so much working against you you know and so to be able to get that title i feel like this isn't the way i would want anyone to receive it to win it yeah yeah
2: and what i'm reading here is too that he's cool he's done he said he's done he he won both fights, so he wants to move on to the next. It's what he said. Okay. But that's even worse.
1: Is that yeah, worse? I,
2: mean, I think he he. I feel like he lost his split decision to Holloway, and now he's saying that he just wants to. He's good. He's 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 two and o against Holloway. Doesn't need to do a rematch.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He should get hit, you know. Um, yeah, I think he lost that fight.
1: Oh, I feel so bad for him. But this is, this is me. This is like, I'm a softy and, and, but there are moments where I'm just like, oh, I just, I feel for these guys on like, um, like a human level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the, a main event. Usman v. Masvidal, oh, my God, there was so much hype on this fight. We're talking, you know, street Jesus, baptizing Usman. Like, <laughs>
0: you
1: know, there was so much. I mean, Instagram was going bananas. And uh, and then, well, I'm going to let you take the lead. What did we see?
2: You know, we had the the Nigerian nightmare, um, Kamaru Usman fighting the BMF, uh, Jorge Masvidal. Um, you know, you know, I don't know, There, there's a lot of it going online right now, how it, you know, didn't live to the hype and mm-hmm. a lot of people complaining about it. Um, I thought it was a good fight. Um, you know, Jorge came up on six days notice, you know, I was, you know, I thought Usman would get this one, you know, because of the short notice. I mean, the conversation would be different if they both had full camps to go against each other but to come off six days notice um he got on the flight whatever that day or whatever um you know training camp's different when you're not fighting when you don't have an opponent i don't care what anyone says it's different it just Mm -hmm. is you know fight on six days notice your cardio is not you know like if you knew you were fighting for a title in three months it's it's a different thing you know the weight cut the travel you know your thirty-hour flight or whatever you got to do to get there, and then um, I'm sure you didn't have five rounds of, you know, five hard rounds of cardio. Yeah. You know, especially Uzman style. That's his style he wants to grind you. He wants to beat you up. He wants to grind you and zap you. Um. So to fight Uzman, yeah, you have to know. Um. You're fighting Uzman. He's not one of those guys that like right. You could just, you know what I mean. He's that good where. Um, you know the chances are not that high on a few ways notice. You know, especially mm-hmm. especially moving over with Justin Gaethje and those guys. You know, in Colorado with Trevor Whitman and them. Um, Onyx—he's a mastermind over there. So, to, you know, it's great to see him also working with Um Usman. hmm So. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Matt. Masvidal would have had to get it done early too, like the cardio thing. You know, if he probably only had about three good rounds in him, um, hard rounds. I mean, he started fizzling, but, um, you know, that's why I thought we saw, you know, he had those bursts, he had those spurts when like, yeah. oh, shit, <laughs> you know, he came out like a cannon out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like, oh, shit. Oh. And, uh, you know, Uzman was able to avoid it and get the job done. I mean you know, I bet people push-ups, <laughs> so I got to publish people's <laughs> only push-ups for this, and, uh, they're, <laughs> yeah, they were like, I hate, uh, they're like, I don't like his performance, I didn't like Usman's style, I was like, you just don't like push-ups, <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah,
1: there were a lot of complaints that his performance was boring. But you know what? Whatever gets the job done, I you know, like it's like we are a greedy audience. (laughs) We want an entertaining. We want to see someone die. Right. We want the action. We want the win. But we want it done our way. We want you to go and like slaughter some bees. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Like exactly. that it, that's Sometimes. a tall order i respect <laughs> the grind i respect the hustle the preparation you know all the behind the scenes that the people don't take the time to really consider or maybe they do i don't know but you know what i was wondering last night and this has never occurred to me before how do the shorts colors get picked because there there has to be a strategy because they can't be the same color
2: yeah no you you, you get to choose so um, who chooses
1: first though because doesn't everyone want to do red that?
2: corner yeah I mean, I I've I've changed it up a few times. Red corner usually has the first choice, mm. um, but 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 you get three colors, three three colors. You get like your country color, black, white, and then like like America, you get blue. Um, Mexico, you get green. You know, you get mm. like that third color, and then you get your choice, like first choice, second choice. You know, so if your opponent gets black and you want a black, then you just get, get your next choice.
1: Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, all right. I to be- want to- <laughs> getting all the info. All right, so I want to jump into your story. So here on the Jenna Ben Show, we get into my guests' professional stories. You know, Max, how you got started, achieved success, plans for the future, insights for the listeners, and opinions on industry matters, which we've already kind of started. But I want to, I want the listeners to get to know you, Max Payne Griffin. So you are 34 years old now, but take us way back to when you were a boy growing up in Sacramento. What were you like as a
2: oh my god how was i as a kid
1: yeah like were you shy were you outgoing were you fun
2: i was a real serious kid you You know i I was real serious like (laughs) we'll focus so i'll say this it's kind of like now okay so i did martial arts when i was young i started when i was four so pretty much you know um it was box food it was in sack um I went every day, six days a week from four to 13. So just, just that discipline, that, um, Mm -hmm. that schedule, you know, of having to be everywhere at this time, it really made me super focused and disciplined. Right. Yeah. Um, like just almost like a military kind of thing, like super focused, um, but so when I wasn't doing that, I was crazy and fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there was yeah. like a yin and a yang. So I'm so, I'm forced to be so serious doing my martial arts, but then no on what's done. Um, I had a lot of fun. You're crazy silly. kid. Yeah, I like that. I, good time, I right?
1: see that. I mean, that's how you and I became cool. Like, I think, <laughs> Was I the first person to interview you at um, UFC 248 Media Day? Was that your first?
2: I, you might have been. I remember that yeah. for sure. talked
1: about that. Yeah. And we were just kind of silly. I asked you some silly questions. I got you to laugh and you were wearing, was it Rocky and Bullwinkle socks or like, what were your socks? Mac Dre,
2: my Mac Dre socks.
1: There you go. (laughs) And you were dressed so dapper. Like you were probably the best dressed of the day. And, uh, yeah. And I can always tell from those brief moments that I interview the fighters just kind of the vibe and so I respect that you know you work hard but you also play hard not to be super cliche but so sure. you, you got your first black belt in wakfu at age 12 I mean that that's consistent with what you're saying you worked your
0: ass yeah. off
2: yeah I worked my ass off um literally like like six days a week like I was sick of it <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> every day was my life my whole life when I was young we travel and do different demonstrations. We went to um, to Vegas for the world championships. And um, it was just, I mean, when we were home, we were practicing. Like it was my whole life. Yeah. You know,
1: was it your parents influence? Like, how did you get into it?
2: It was my dad. My dad made me go. I don't want to say he made me go, but you know, that was his thing. He took me and that was kind of our thing that we did. And, uh, I'm thankful for it, you know. I wouldn't be here now.
1: Yeah, he must be super proud of your UFC career now.
2: For sure. For sure. He tells me all the time, you know. And, and you know, my goal was to be one of the best in the world and travel around the world and fight the best. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's what we're doing. That's what we're
1: doing. So it's
2: working out.
1: So you, looking at your record, you fought for tough, right? Um, and then, uh, the ultimate fighter 16 and 2012, but you lost to your opponent, but then four years later, you end up in the UFC. How did that happen?
2: Man. So, um, I, let's see here. That's where I could even begin this. All right. I started fighting when I was 21. Um, a bunch of years into that, um, I went to the UFC tryouts um Tough 16 tryouts in Vegas. I like uh, passed the tryout and then we didn't get a phone call or anything. Made it through. And word on the street is that they weren't going to do Walter Weights. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so I passed it, but then they just canned our show. You know what I mean? It's like, ain't that, <laughs> you know, ain't that some bullshit? Okay. Yeah. So, like, later down the road, maybe, like, six months after that, they said, hey, we decided to do the guys that we said we were going to do. So, it's like, sweet, you know? Yeah. So, so I go to Ultimate Fighter. Um, we're there. Um, I fight this guy, Matt Secor. Actually, they actually come do a commercial on me at my job. I worked for Blue Shield of California at the time, some corporate healthcare place, hmm. company. They come there with FX. So they do four videos. There was 32 fighters. They came and did four commercials, and I was one of those commercials, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, they banked on me to get in there, <laughs> the <wind laughs> it, you know, and I go out there and I fight. This guy got Matt Seacourt beat the brakes off him, um, you know, it goes to a third round. Dana's like, yeah, I shouldn't even went to a third round. Goes to a third round. Um, I end up getting submitted with a triangle choke with like mm. 10 seconds left in the fight because oh i'm trying to God. finish him <laughs> i'm winning the fight you know and yeah. i'm trying to ground and pound up i'm like this is ufc i'm trying to <laughs> fucking kill this guy you know <laughs> like if if i would have played it safe i would have you know whatever but i don't you know i'm trying to finish him from the top steps from a triangle choke chokes me i'm tapped I'm devastated. You know what I mean? I'm sitting yeah. there on the mat crying and shit. My eyes are fucking tearing up. Like, bruh, you came all this way. I had to lie to everybody, tell everybody I was going to Brazil, you know, to be on the show. You can't tell people where you're going, get the sign on mm. this contract. So, you know, Dana's like, don't go back on that fucking bus. Don't be the one that didn't give you all, all this shit. And I'm sitting there, I lost, you know? like, Yeah bruh just devastated just on the mat like fucking <laughs> terrible bro I'm terrible I can um, imagine it was terrible go home I have to call my family like hey what's up I'm done it was a terrible phone call you know came back I kind of like I was depressed for fuck like a good month I didn't want to go out you know because people thought I was supposed to be gone right Mm. Like I did this big thing where I had to go to Brazil for a month and a half, and then I'm gone for like four days. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> and
1: you come back and everyone wants answers. So yeah. you're like, What happened?
2: Yeah. And I can't talk about it. But then like there's commercials on TV now with me on them, and like oh, I can't boy. talk about it. It was a hard little time, but um, it pissed me off. It. I. I. I realized that um, I wanted my. I wanted to go back. Like I was good enough to get there. I was good enough for them to want to do a commercial on me out of thirty-two guys. Yeah. And uh I was there. Uh, you know, Dana Dana then thought I won. Uh it was a Shane Carwin Roy Nelson thing. They thought I won. The highlight is all them talking about how I whoop dude and dude is durable. <laughs> you know, he's a durable <laughs> guy. <laughs> Griffin's striking's tremendous to take down the fence, this and that. And then they said, other guy, real durable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was, uh, you know, got the crab beat out of the guy, you know. He was yeah. tough. But uh, he was even getting a bunch of shit on the show. When he was on the show, like, Max whooped your ass <laughs> and all this stuff.
1: See, that's uh, a Volkanovski situation. It's like, he will never live that down whenever this conversation comes up. That sucks.
2: Yeah, they were telling him, like, you got your ass up. You shouldn't even be here, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was dude Matt Secor. So that happened, right? Mm. Um, you know, but I knew I was good enough. I turned into a positive. I knew that I was good enough to get back there. Um, so I was hell bent on getting back to the UFC. I wanted, like, to get back on that mat and, came back and then I went on a rampage and went on like a like a five fight win streak like all finishes like came back and just wasted everybody
1: Who are you fighting for? What promotion?
2: That was West Coast Fighting Championship.
1: Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and you won um, you won some titles yeah. in two way classes.
2: Yeah. Um So yeah, really um that loss um on the show just put me in a different mode to go on a rampage. And I don't think I was ready then either. You know, my mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu wasn't there. Like different skills weren't there that I have now that I have, you know what I mean? So like everything happens kind of how it's supposed to. I think if I would have went there uh, when I was that young, I wasn't ready. So mm-hmm. um, I'm ready now. And, uh, you know, here we are. But when I got signed, um. You know, you just got to keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. Finally fought this guy, David Mitchell, ex-UFC vet, and uh, knocked him out, like, 40 seconds. And uh, then actually, I almost quit. I almost quit because they promised me that I would get signed after that fight, you know? Mm, and, and they keep good. promising you. They keep telling you, you know? One this more fight. Nice one more fight, you win this next fight, I'm sure you hear from all the fighters you interview, you know, Mm -hmm. next fight, and that you know, next fight, next fight, next fight, I won all my next fights, you know, so I was like, shit, I'm sick of this shit, I'm done, you know, if I don't get signed, then I'm done, I'll do something else,
1: I mean, you you stuck in there for four years, though, (laughs) yeah, That was amazing. And so, okay, so most of your losses, interestingly enough, have been by decision. There were uh, seven decisions and only one knockout, and you've never been submitted. Um, Conversely, though, you knocked out seven, (laughs) and you submitted two. So you're kind of a beast.
2: Thank you. Yeah. um, If you look at any of those fights that I've lost, like, a lot of them are splits, and, um, you know... That could easily be the other way. So many fights. So many fights. I can name three fights that were mine. Clearly, you know, and it flipped around the other way. Something with these judges, I feel like something needs to be done. Um you know, but the people know, the fans know. Right. You know, you know, I've had fight at night performances. I've you know, I've I go in there and I'll die in there. You yeah. know, and I think that's what the fighters love. They want someone to be bleeding out and still giving it their all. And I give it my all, like, like yeah, straight up. You know,
1: straight up. So now, are, do you work a job uh, in addition to fighting, or are you just focused on fighting?
2: No, I luckily I got a fight of the night, uh, a fight of the night um, in twenty eighteen. No, uh-huh. sorry, twenty seventeen. And uh, I was able to use that money to, you know, go full-time, quit mm-hmm. my job. So now I just do this. I fight. Um, you know, I just launched my own CBD.
1: Yes, Max Pain CBD. And you have a t-shirt line.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, you're just trying to, you got to get out there, man. No one's going to do anything for you.
1: So, okay, now I love that you are so candid and forthcoming about and you're really able to articulate your feelings so i i want to go into the um the differences that you experience when you win versus when you lose because like i said every fighter describes it differently um, you know you're out there you your fight camps like you're constantly staying in shape i mean this is your career 365 days a year Yeah. but you know when you take on a fight then you commit to a camp and you have a team and you pay that team generously and they're committed to you, you know, so it's like their lives revolve around you as well. Yeah. And you go out there and you're supposed to please the fans and your family and your friends and your girl and, you know, the world and yourself at the end of the day. So describe it for us.
2: Which, where do you want me to start? <laughs> winning or losing, you know? Yeah, start um, with winning. You, you know, it's interesting um you know winning's good i mean we we need to win right winning is a goal mm-hmm. um but you know it doesn't define us you know at the end of the day and i'll 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 tell this story um i fought yeah this 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 walk with me with this i fought a uh, ufc legend tiago alves okay mm-hmm. Um, I asked for the fight. Um, I got the fight, but they're like, Hey, if you fight him, you got to fight him in Brazil. I was like, let's go. Shit. So I go to Brazil, uh, fight Tiago Alves, Um, beat Tiago Alves. (laughs) The the crowd, uh, or the judges give it to Tiago. I mean, um, I outstrike him by like 40 significant strikes, like, Mm. Four takedowns in the third round, like totally, like got the highest strike differential, like he didn't win, like period, <laughs> like like the whole he dropped him, like I love tiago you know, uh, we talked mm-hmm. about after his coaches Mike Brown, yeah, we didn't win, like everyone, like everyone backstage UFC, like yeah, didn't win, you got home cooked, you wow. know what I mean? Um, he backstage everywhere, I mean. Bro, like <laughs> crazy. It was all in the news. It was all in the news, it was all in the <laughs> papers, everything, how like I got done dirty. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: So, as a man, like I know I won. Like, after the fight, I raised my hands, hug my coaches. Yeah. He's like putting his head down, like, yo, yeah, we won this fight, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then
2: to then tell me I lost. Right. So, it's like, it messed my head up. Right. Think about it. So, do I let two judges. Tell me I lost out of like 100,000 people. You know what I mean? You got 100,000 people saying I won. Like literally like 99% said I won. And then like, you know, two people, one person, one judge, one Brazilian judge said I lost. You know what I mean? So did I really win or lose, right? And then how do I feel? Do I feel like I didn't do a good job? Because you know what I mean? Do I feel like I lost my last fight because the judge said that or do I feel good with my performance? You know what I mean? It's a, how do you feel? How do you feel? Do you feel, you know, it's.
1: Listen, this is consistent with what a lot of other fighters have said and that it depends on the loss. You know, if you feel like you gave it your all and you, you performed well, then it doesn't hit you as hard. But if, Feel like you left something on the table, you know? Like you didn't That's go out there. That's what I can see.
2: That's what I can see. You know, like this other fight I had, I thought you no know, Eric uh, not Eric Matano, you know, Alex morono a few fights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, beat him up the first round, beat him up for most of the second round. He kicks me in the head at forty seconds left in the second round, drops me. I like pop back up and start fighting again. He hits me with spinning back fist. I hit him with spinning back fist. It's crazy, and then you know the next the next round I go out there and then four or five takedowns beat the pulp out of him. You know, after being like knocked out in the second, get mm-hmm. up, waste him, and then I lose. So it's like I it's like I don't even know how to feel about you know <laughs> losing. Really, really, yeah. honestly, because it's like these judges have done me so cold. That fight should have been a draw. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like these situations, these, these fights that I either on the wrong side of a split, the wrong side of a draw, wrong side of this and that, when I have won. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like <laughs> I I probably feel the same, <laughs> really, you know, because I always give my best. Yeah. I give my best. When, when I do win, they say I win good, you know. But these times that I've lost and I felt like I've won, I still kind of feel the same. It's just, it, it, you know, it's more the money thing, man. It's more the money and, you know, hitting your record like that. Because people know you whoop someone's ass, you He's know. Right. People right. know if you're a good fighter and that. I've never, like, just went there and got my ass whooped. And I just don't get going there and just, I'm on just getting there and just getting beat down. I'm not in there uh, looking for a way out. I've never went in there and looked for a way out. Went in fetal position to try to get finished. That that's I will never do that, you know, ever. So
1: yeah. So um, how do you process it though when you do lose and you're getting heat?
2: I lost. I lost my first UFC fight. That 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 is probably the that's a fight that I'll admit that I actually lost. Like mm-hmm. like that fight, um, Colby Cummington. Like it was so. Yeah, he beat me. Like, I did good in the first couple rounds, but um, he took me down at the end of the fight. And, um, you know, it was a TKO. I couldn't defend myself. You know, I just, it was, I wasn't knocked out. He just had my arm pinned and trapped. You know what I mean? Like, but Mm -hmm. I lost. He cut me open. It was like, the fight was blurry. I caught a good elbow. Like, that was like, welcome to the UFC. That fight fucked me up surprise
0: before, no yeah. for
2: for real before that you know I was thinking I was 12 and 2 like all knockouts like yeah. everybody and then I get the UFC and like get beat up I'm like bruh <laughs> like hold on but that was a mental thing you know my mind yes um my first fight was UFC 202 um that was a Conor McGregor Diaz 2 rematch and that's what that fight was on. It was crazy. The, the it was a show. I mean, uh being there with, you know, I'm signing and posted to Rumble Johnson and uh you know, Nate Diaz is walking around. That's my first fight, you know? So I'm mm-hmm. like I feel like uh like a like a fanboy almost. Like I wasn't I wasn't focused, really. I mean, imagine, like I wanted to be in the UFC my whole life and then now I'm here walking around with Connor and all these guys, you know, and um, I wasn't focused. I was so, so unfocused and, you know, Bruce Buffer, the cameras, the crowd. You yeah. Know, you're was, like,
1: you're looking at it as like, uh, like, like a visitor. Like it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. And
2: exactly. so you're it
1: all in, you know, and it's a lot to experience. I totally get that. Now I'm curious. Yeah. Was Colby Covington as much of a shit talker in 2016 when you fought him as he is now?
2: Yeah, but he he was, but he was more low-key. He talked shit, but not like online. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of it's, it's it's a show, you know?
1: Yeah, and it sells
2: tickets. He, he's not bad in person, um, you know? I'm, we're good. Uh, but that fight was great. That fight was great. That That's when I lost that's when i lost but after that i got some counseling um i saw a sports psychologist like hey am i what's going on like am i not good enough like you done, when if you lose like that it's like hold on like what's going on um you know i, I really learned about being mindful and yeah. really learned how to be focused i had to i wasn't focused i thought i was focused and then once i focused my next fight i went to mexico city and knocked out the ultimate fighter winner in under a minute
0: mm. and
2: that was like hell yeah like that was I'm affirmation
1: here. confirmation that you yeah. you are where you need to be
2: yep that was so important for me to go out there and just go smash him you know after mm. getting beat was like
1: yeah, you needed that,
2: you know, to get yeah. your head
1: right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I was scrolling through your fight record, and I saw that you fought Mike Perry in 2018 and won. What was he like in the cage?
2: <laughs> he was so slow. No, <laughs> he was so slow. It was a good fight. Um, you know, after I got one, so I finally got a fight of the night in Brazil, and then that's when I fought him next. I fought him next um, on Fox on primetime TV, you know, in Orlando on the main card at his home and just pieced him up. It was so great. (laughs) It was such a good performance.
0: He loved it. He just
2: got beat to a pulp. Yeah. He just got beat to a pulp, beat to a bloody pulp.
1: What do Um, you think of uh, the news of him getting drunk and punching an old man? Like the UFC does not play and he's not being given any more fights until his Quote, issue is resolved. So, what do you think is going to happen to his career?
2: Man, yeah, they, 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 they let Connor do it, so you know, they don't hate it too much. <laughs> but that's uh, true.
1: But Connor, yeah, no, I know,
2: I no. you know, you
0: know, I know, it
2: was real bad. I'm just talking, shit. it was real bad. Um, you know, it's not a good look, man. You know, Mike's a crazy guy, and um, he has a big heart at the end of the day. Um, uh, me and him have beefed back and forth. He used to talk shit, then we were cool. Then he talk shit, then we were cool. Then he talk shit again, then we were cool. Then he talks shit. And I think we're cool right now, honestly. I think we're good right now. Mm-hmm. He'll say some shit, and then I'm like, on site, bro, then we'll, then we'll be cool. But, you know, I think he's getting a lot of his own medicine. You know, he's talking shit and all that shit. He has the worst fans. When I fought him, it was more <laughs> his fans. It was more his fans. His fans were all on my shit, all on my really? messages. Oh, you suck! Mike's gonna do this and do that, and oh, oh they love Mike. God. Oh my God, Mike Perry has the worst fans. But I think his fans now are like aren't on his side anymore. I'm telling you, they used to try to troll me all day, and I would troll them back, and they would. It's... So I think that I think his fans are t- the same fans that loved him, mm. are talking shit to him.
1: They're turning on him.
2: Yeah, they're turning on him. Because uh. you know, fans will turn on you, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah, they're,
2: um. yeah. <laughs> They'll turn on you in a hot second, so.
1: You know, um. he he went through this divorce from his wife, Danielle. Mm. Uh, they were only married, I think, for nine months. And then he, he got this girlfriend who, I guess he was saying before Danielle, and, you know, was very public with it, had her cornering him at his last fight um you know dana's commenting on him just not being right and how he saw this outburst coming
2: yeah (gasps) it was unfortunate you know i feel like danielle would have got him out of there (laughs) i think i think his wife wouldn't let him wouldn't let him fight like that you know Uh he would have got him the hell out of there like we need to get out of here that's what my girl said she's like i wouldn't (laughs) we would have been out of there (laughs) like you know you can't just You can't be in that situation. I mean, I've been in other situations, you know, where stuff was getting kind of heated or something like that. And you got to get out of there. You, you, we can't stand around and, and yeah, any kind of situation, you got to go. If, if the situation isn't going to remove itself, you need to personally remove yourself from the situation. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm out here. I'm not going to punch anyone tonight. (laughs) You know, you know, like, yes. The guy did, the guy did try to like come after him and grab him.
1: Yeah. And he was defending himself, but you are, you are a human weapon.
2: Yeah. You still shouldn't have been, you shouldn't have been in that guy's reach.
1: Yeah. And it's tough. It's almost like as a fighter, it's your responsibility to kind of back down because you can kill him with your pinky, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah,
2: exactly. And that's why I'm so ready to like get out of there. I don't want to kill anyone. Yeah. I don't want to hurt any Really? I don't. Yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. And, you know, like, I remember yeah, when sure. I was younger, when when I was, you know, people, oh, you fight? Oh, you fight? I'd go out and, you know, around here. Oh, you fight? Oh, I'm underground. Everybody wants to fight. Everyone is, you know, everyone is. To prove. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, and we have nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove. Like, you know? No, I
1: like that. You have your head on straight, and you you see this as a career. Like, you have to. You're playing chess here. This isn't backyard checkers. Yeah. So, okay, so do you have plans for your next fight?
2: Yeah, it's supposed to be September. Um, I kind of hurt my leg a month ago. I mm-hmm. kind of hurt my hamstring. So it is supposed to be this September. It was supposed to be July, August. They offered me a fight on, like, a two-weeks notice. I said no. Um, I didn't know who the opponent was. Um, and it was like, a, it, you know, it was like nine days or something. Like, mm-hmm. you so know, so. if it was, yeah, I mean, if it was someone like I would have known or like a, someone I wanted to fight, you know, then yeah. But, and then they said, okay, July, August. I said, okay, July, August. And then I hurt my hamstring. <laughs> so, Is that,
1: does that take a long time to heal?
2: Not really. I mean, I, I tore it a little bit. I I slightly tore it. Um, It was like a four-week injury. Maybe a little longer, but it's been about four weeks. So um, September is looking good for me.
1: So we're looking good. Do we know who your opponent is?
2: No. No. I tried to fight Carlos Condit um, because he's going to come back and fight, but um, they said no. So I don't know. We'll see.
1: So, Max Payne Griffin, what is next for you? Is there an expiration date on like the age you're gonna fight until, or do you like what are your thoughts?
2: You know, um, I feel good. I'm getting better. Um, my cardio's getting better. My striking's getting better. My grappling, everything. Um, I feel good. So, you know, as long as I feel good, people are asking me about that. Like, how long, you know? I yeah, don't know. because
1: you're 34. And a lot of the fighters I've spoken to you talk about, I don't know why they've come up with like 38 being the magic number. They're like, yeah, you can fight till you're 38. Is that like a thing <laughs> in the fight industry?
2: I don't know. You know, like just people that are older, younger, just, you're, I mean, they got Glover Teixeira, which is like, he's like 40 something now or something, or he's killing it. There's guys that are older killing it. It's like, yeah. it's how you feel though. Like,
1: It's how you feel, Yeah except if you're Mike Tyson I'm
2: sorry
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry for that man listen he's a beast and and with all due respect you know I've talked about this but like 53 I just you know like he's already a legend but you know I understand when you have that fight in you and you have your hearts on point like you want to go so we shall see hey, what would
2: you is. fight for 20 million
1: I me <laughs> like i don't know how to do anything um i if don't you know.
2: try and box for 20 million I <laughs> all right you say I,
1: yeah. I mean honestly i think i have to say yes <laughs> i think i have yeah. to say yes you know because that's like then you're set but yeah. you're risking you're some injuries but you you probably you can fix, it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can fix it
2: you can fix whatever with 20 million
1: I actually stopped and thought about it, Max. Like, I was like, "Wait, this offer's on the table. Am I taking it?"
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, all right. So, I'm curious, who do you look up to in the fight game? Like, do you ha- are there any fighters or coaches, or like who's who would you say is is a bit of a mentor to you?
2: Um, I mean, my coaches. Um, you know, Dave Marinoble, um, You know. My boxing coach Norm. I mean, all my coaches, but locally, that's why I deal with them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like more globally, man. Um, um, you know, some of the coaches I like right now, Trevor, Trevor Whitman. He's one of the best coaches, um, I think, is out there right now. Mm-hmm. You know, out over there in um Colorado over there. I mean so good
1: who who trains with him i know um
2: justin gaethje um uh-huh. Usman's over there now rose um is underneath him he's a commentator too he does he's commentary on fire
1: right now yeah
2: he does commentary for the ufc he knows his stuff mm-hmm. he he's he's like the next Greg, like greg jackson like greg jackson you know I don't know what happened to him, but I feel like Trevor Whitman's like the next Greg Jackson, so um, I like what he's doing.
1: So, who would you say is the best fighter ever?
2: Oh, the best fighter ever in any fight, any best fighter ever.
1: Yeah, best MMA fighter.
2: Oh my god. Oh. Man, I don't know. Who are you gonna say?
1: <laughs> well, everyone says John Jones. And I, I always gonna... ask. It's and it's not everyone, by the way, it's most people, but I always ask like all of all time and then I ask current. So, you know, currently people say John Jones. What do you
2: think? I was I was gonna say John Jones, but then I mean Dominic Reyes did great. <laughs> boy Dom did great his last fight against him, man. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he still won, I guess. I mean I guess you'd have to say John Jones. Uh yeah, I mean you'd have to probably say that. Yeah, I don't know who else you'd say. You know, I mean if you look for like a pound for pound list.
1: Um, all right. So as we exit the show, Max Payne Griffin, I, I'd like to get some perspective from you. You know, you've you've done a lot in your life and you made it to the UFC and you're kicking butt. And um, what insights do you have for the listeners? And it doesn't necessarily have to be fight related, but what wisdom have you acquired throughout your life that you can share with us?
2: Man, this is good. Hmm. Um, I would say you need to learn. Learning is learning is a big part. You have to grow. You know, you you have to you. People don't know everything, so I'd say that if it was one. Um, yeah. Be a sprout. Be a little be a little, a little, plant, you know what I mean? You don't know everything. You need to learn, um, you need to grow. You're always growing, always. So, you know, try to read, you know, just try to learn, you know, and be mm-hmm. mindful. A lot of people are so, so stuck on time and I need to get here, I need to get there, I need to do this, I need to do that. Like, chill out, like, you know. Yeah. I feel you. you well, I
1: love that. I think, you know, what I'm getting from you is it's important to remain humble as you progress on your journey and continue to grow, you know, be a sponge. It's not uh, weak, it's not a sign of weakness to ask questions um, and to admit that you don't know. I mean, for me, I have to be honest, like coming on the show, I there's a lot I don't know. And early on I knew nothing. And so I'm like, you know, I talked to some people and some mentors of mine and I'm like, dude, I don't know. I have to just say I don't know. You know? And I'm like, well, There's like power in that. Oh, I'm learning that. I come at it super real. And I will say if I don't know and I'll ask questions. That's of-
2: what people want.
1: I guess so. That's so, what yeah. it, is.
2: it is what people want. You know, they they do want you to be real. And I think that is why people like you and like that, you know, because you are real. And if you don't know, you don't know. And if you say you don't know, then he doesn't know. Then there's no no harm, no foul, right? And then, mm-hmm. but if you don't know, and you don't want to say you don't know, and then you're saying some shit you don't know, right? And then you look yeah. dumb, and then then you could have just said you didn't know, right?
1: Right, <laughs> right. But it you takes, just, it takes yeah, real strength to do that
2: to be you know? have, be honest and yes. say you don't know. There's real yeah. power in that. A lot of people don't. Like, no, I never ask for help. Ask for help. Who cares?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I need help. I need help. I need help again. You know? What's up? Yeah, <laughs> You know? Don't I be scared love it. of help.
1: I love it. Max Payne Griffin, thank you for being a guest on the Jenna Event show. You crushed and I knew. Like, I already knew you were the guy I wanted to recap uh, UFC 251's fights with. So give us your Instagram handle so people know how to find
2: you. Yeah. Find me on the gram. Max Payne Griffin. Max Payne Griffin. That's on everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Holla at me.
1: Okay, perfect. And guys, you can find me at The Jenna Ben Show on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, The show airs five times every week, starting with Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Pacific, Thursdays at 9 a.m., Fridays at 9 p.m., Saturdays at 5 p.m., and Sundays at 7 PM. Again, all Pacific standard times. And if you need help converting the times into your time zone, shoot me a DM. I got you. The times are also listed in my Instagram bio. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate the love and support every week. You guys keep me going and we'll see you next week.